I think one of the biggest things is when you reach a point of no communication in the horses, in animals, and in people, it creates anxiety. I mean, if you aren't getting a, a message back for days at a time, you get nervous because you are invested. Welcome everyone to the Small Business Roundup. I'm Chris, I'm your host. Next to me is my beautiful co-host, my wife, Joe. Hey, everybody. Today on the show, we're going to be interviewing our guest. Her name is Sophia Hoekstra. Um, she's a horse trainer down in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, our theme is following last following our last episode's theme is communication, and we have we have a unique perspective in that Sophia is someone that has been affected by seven O saddle shops. Um, I, I would say unethical business practices. She she has taken the first steps in filing um, small claims paperwork and um, taking this business to court. So, Sophia, tell us who you are, what you do, where you do it, and why you do it. My name is, uh, like you said, Sophia Hoekstra. I recently moved from the Midwest in Wisconsin down to Santa Fe, New Mexico um, to train horses and uh, teach horseback riding lessons to the community down here. And um, I do it because I love it, I suppose. <laughs> the love for horses has sort of been my driving, my driving force throughout all of this. And, um, you know, I think something that's really important when working with any animal is having good equipment, whether it be feed, tack, um, anything, you know, your farrier, your vet, you always want the best for your animal. So something that I was, when I was younger, about three years ago, I wanted to invest in my business and my future. So I thought I would get a custom made saddle and here we are today. <laughs> now, so yeah, it, sorry. Let, let me interrupt for just a second. Um, you know, as as you're a as you're a horse trainer, um, communication obviously is very important. Um, from from Joe's perspective, being a dog trainer, you know, obviously she has to communicate with her clients, and I would imagine. Exactly uh, like Joe, you're communicating. You have to have clear communication with your horse or the horse that you're working with. And you also have to communicate with the owner as well, right? Of course. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think one of the biggest things is when you reach a point of no communication in the horses, in animals, and in people, it creates anxiety. I mean, if you aren't getting a, a message back, for days at a time, you get nervous because you are invested, right? And the owner is also invested in their horse. And the same thing goes for the training process. You know, if you're indecisive to your horse or you're not communicating effectively in your training, the, the animal will, will get anxiety and, and not be able to perform. So communication, what a broad word, but what an important word because it's so, it's just so important. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now if you would, would you take us through, um, your story? Tell us about, 
um, you know, setting up and getting ready for that. I And I'm going to make the assumption that this was your first custom saddle. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So walk us through that. So, yeah. So I was, I'm 26 now, but um, I was 23 at the time. And um, I still have the same saddle from back then, but my saddle is getting old. You know, I have duct tape on it. Uh, and I really wanted to invest in a good saddle. And I look up and I love going to horseback or horsemanship clinics. And so you, I look at these, these clinicians and I see them riding in these wooden saddles and it's just something, you know, not only for the fashion, but also for the horse, you know, like I said earlier, good tech, um, investing in your business. And so I found, Josh at 7 Saddle Shop through social media and basically marketing. Um, I found he, he made a saddle for somebody else and it caught my eye because it was beautiful and had the look I wanted. And so I did a little research and something that really stood out to me was that he was in it for the little guy. Um, it says on his website that he is there basically to help out people that are just kind of coming up in the business, making it affordable. Um, so I started talking to him about ideas and he said, I could do a flex payment plan, which is really appealing to me um, because as you know, winters in Minnesota, when it's negative 30, you can't, uh, you're not getting a lot of horses in for training. So <laughs> I was working at a nursing home at second shift and then overnight shifts to pay for this saddle. And on the payment plan, I got it done and I got it paid in time for it to be done. And then it just excuse after excuse, maybe a month or two of ignored messages. And then I'm so sorry I was out of town or I'm so sorry I moved or, uh, you know, anything and everything. Well, and then... So from the beginning, yeah. Sophia, how did you begin communicating with him? Was it text message? Was it direct message on Instagram or Facebook Messenger? How were you guys communicating? It was uh, direct. It was on Instagram initially, very briefly. Um, once I got the contract, it was all text messages. Gotcha. Yeah. And the reason I bring that up is um, just from a small business perspective, anybody you know, anybody that has communication with their clients, it can come from a variety of different sources, whether that be a phone call, an email, a text message, and you have Instagram comments, and you have Instagram direct message, and you have Facebook right. Messenger, and you have Facebook comments. I mean, the list goes on. And, and to be quite honest with you, sometimes I forget where, you know, where I talk to somebody like, they're like, Oh, right. I talked to you on Instagram or something like that. I'm like, Oh crap. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just definitely, do oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Jo. We definitely had, I talked to him on the phone for that initial, um, like, what do you want? You know, we had a, like a half an hour, 45 minute conversation probably about the details. And then it was all just like check-ins, you know, on, on text messages. Yeah. Joe, go ahead. 
what no, were you saying I, about I just communicating force my clients because that's the same way like oh I didn't respond to an insta message or I didn't you know respond to a Facebook message and I really like as soon as I see it I get on and I'm like you can text me or email me here and I will communicate with you and I'm like super clear with that because I can't keep up and so you know the the communication channels with Josh is so f- just spread out so Very Sophia Take me, take me back as you begin the communication with Josh. Did he, did he send you a, um, uh, a completion date right off the bat? Like, Hey, you know, here's the details of your saddle that we talked about and your saddle will be done on X date. Yeah. So I, uh, signed the contract, uh, January, 2017. And he said that it would be completed by May, 2017. And, um, I sent checks in January, February, and March, because like I said, at the time I didn't have a lot of money. So I really wanted the saddle when it was going to be done. So I worked my ass off, like doing double shifts to get this paid up in time, but it was supposed to be, uh, done May, 2017, end of May. And was the flex plan just for the deposit? No, my deposit was only, um, which is different from everybody else. My deposit was just $400. He wasn't as poor back then, maybe. Perhaps. (laughs) Yeah, mine was just $400, and it says nothing about it not being refundable. Um, And it said, and then it was remainder paid by uh, payments on flex plan. This project is estimated to be completed in May. Now, when it wasn't done in May, I wasn't upset because I read, I know people that have gotten custom saddles made. A year is not an outrageous timeline. Right. Yep. You know, it's not something that I was really concerned about. Um, when it hit two years, I got concerned. And then I did threaten to sue him and started filing. And, um, and then I, I moved. So, uh, I couldn't afford moving and getting out to Montana. So then he apologized and the process started over again. But anyway. So two years into it, you're, you're now looking at 2019 and in between that process, talk to us about when, you know, when the first, when, when his first date came and went, what happened after that? How were you guys, how were you guys communicating? Um, it was basically what I would do is I would ask a question. I'd be like, I'd say, Hey, can I get some pictures? And then I maybe wouldn't get a response for a week. And then what I would do is I'd send a question mark, you know, just to sort of bump that back to him. Sure. And then I'd get a, I'd get like, oh, I don't have cell service where I live. When I go to town, I'll send you pictures. And then um, it's a, maybe a week later, it's a, hey, you still haven't sent me pictures. And then he would say something like, I'm at a clinic. Um, I will, like, he was always, he was always gone. Um, Either at a, at something like Art of the Cowgirl, or he was at, a saddle fitting clinic or he was on vacation or he was hunting for the weekend. 
it goes on and on. <laughs> well, and, and for the listeners, it's again, going back to the previous podcast, it's one thing to talk crap about somebody, but it's, it's another ball game when you have the screenshots of the text messages yeah. to back all of this up. And, and what Sophia is talking about, I've read, I see these screenshots that she has shared and from a, just from a small business perspective, it is, it is the worst failure in communication that I have ever seen in my life. And there are, unfortunately, there are good lessons to be learned from this whole mess with 7.0. And the number one thing is communication and how important that is. Even if you get backed up, I, I would totally agree with you, Sophia, that a year on a custom saddle, hey, um, yep, I, I would I would expect that, no problem. But I would also expect that the saddle maker would communicate like a good business owner should. If they get backed up, they're going to, you should communicate that as well. But if you go silent, like in many, many of your cases, when you communicate with him, he just goes silent on you and you send that question mark and nothing. And two months goes by and then you say, Hey, can I get a picture of the saddle? And yeah. And you know, another thing he would do at one point, he said, Hey, I'm almost done. I've got to tie on the skirts. And then three months later, it's, I moved from Idaho to Montana. Your tree got warped in the move. And so I'd say like, okay, is it, is it almost ready or have you not even started? And then he'd be like, and then, you know, another excuse or something. So he was, he, I, he couldn't even keep his own fabrications right yeah. <laughs> in his own head. So now uh, after a year goes by and into the second year, would it be fair to say that, that your, um, your aggravation level is kind of reaching a point now? Yeah. You know, when he would send me the first year, when he would send me, I'd send me messages saying, you know, delays, I would say, Hey, no problem. I totally understand. You know, like life is crazy. Um, but my, I guess you could say my tone and what I would write back was very short. It was like to the point. I, there was no more, Hey, no problems or hope you're doing okay. Or how's your family? It was just like, get me the pictures you haven't sent me pictures. So you yeah. had requested multiple times for him to send you pictures, right? Oh yeah. Probably, probably like 20 times if I looked at all the messages and I got pictures, I got pictures of a saddle tree with a ground seat sort of started once. And that was last month. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying not to laugh here because he's talking about putting on skirts and stuff like that, but not sending you any progress pictures. No, just right. a ground seat that sits in his studio and that's the picture that he sends to everybody. Yeah, exactly. So now, now you, you're past the point of, uh, you know, I'm tired of, your, tired of your BS. When did you decide to take action and tell us about that? I, well, like I said, my saddle that I have now has duct tape on it. I mean, Colts have like chewed the tooling off. It's just, it's at the end of its life and I need a new saddle. So I, I just am not in a position where I can have 
almost $3,000 just floating around. And so I looked on Facebook and I just searched his name and I noticed that his business page was gone. Um, And then I also took note that he wasn't posting on Instagram very much. And he posted on Instagram every day, every day he was posting something, which also thought, I always thought, oh, he's in his, he's in his workplace. He's working good. But um, so I saw a post by a guy and there was probably like a hundred comments and you've seen it too. There's probably a hundred comments underneath it um, of people doing the same thing. So then I read all those comments and I just thought, I'm done. This is ridiculous. I've waited way too long. This guy got his refund. I'm going to call Josh. So I called him and I left him a voicemail and I said, I am, like I said, I'm not in a position to let you just have my money. Um, you need to refund me in 30 days. I'm done. Um, call me back. And then I texted him and I said, I left you a voicemail. Please listen to it. Um, Get back to me. And then I thought, you know, this guy never responds. I'm going to message him on everything. I'm going to message him on Instagram and Facebook. So then I looked on Facebook and he blocked me. And that made me really mad because you don't block someone that's given you $3,000. So I made a big post um, on my personal page, basically just saying my experience, I was very nice. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't mean. I was just saying I paid for this. This is when it was supposed to be done. He's blocked me. Let me know if anyone out there has had the same problems. Let's, you know, cause there's camaraderie, right? If you're supported by other people, you can kind of get some good things done. And, um, I would, overwhelmed is not the right word. I was shocked at how many people messaged me. And then a few days later, um, Rachel Mm -hmm. posted her thing on Instagram. And so I, I, I decided, um, to make that Facebook group because it was, it was overwhelming the amount of people that came out of the woodwork. And he did email me back and say, we agreed to a refund. And then I said, okay, this is the first day of 30 days. If I don't have a refund by May 21st, I'm suing you. Um, and the amount of people that uh, he's screwed over, uh, I di- I'm not waiting. I didn't wait till May 21st to sue him. I just went ahead and did it. And that was um, the advice that the sheriff's department gave me to just, they word for word, they said, just go for the jugular, yep. sue him. Don't wait for this timeline. He's had enough time. Yeah, especially with the money that you had already given him. Yeah, three and, years ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and excuse after excuse, and moreover, lack of communication throughout the whole yeah. process. So is it on your shoulders? No, absolutely not. That's always on the business's mm-hmm. shoulders, especially when you're not communicating to your customer. You know, that's a lifeblood of our business. And I I think, sorry, and I think if he would have called me ever, you know, if he would have ever called me, because it was always me calling him, right? Yep. It would have changed everything. I agree. I agree 100%. If he could have picked up the phone and called me and and said anything, I would have been like, 
okay, this guy maybe cares. Yeah, that he cares, number one, about the customer enough yeah. to enough to respond, enough to say, you know, I'm way behind. But as it is, you know, the appearance of it is that he's stringing you along, giving you excuses, and keeping you invested, saying that, oh, I'm almost done with the skirts, I'm almost done with this, but not giving you any pictures because, well, what is that? You know, the assumption, of course, is that, well, I can't give you pictures because I haven't done anything. Yeah. So then it leads you to say, well, what did you do with my money? Yeah. And, you know, I'm young. You know, I've, I've, I've been a professional in this business for not very long compared to most people. So, you know, I think he took advantage of that, too. I'm also, um, I'm, you know, I'm the social media generation, you know, so... <laughs> Uh, when he's posting on Instagram, I see it every time, you know, I'm watching his stories. I'm, you know, seeing all this stuff. So I think that was also part, you know, cause social media is communication. Um, so I think he sort of strung people along that way. I agree. Well. Yeah. The social media is the ultimate form of marketing communication. Um, we're and, posting as our business, yeah. you know, to maintain yeah. that presence you know and if you want to call them influencers or whatever he would be with people and tag notable other notable businesses and go to different um you know expos or gatherings and he was very very public so it sort of gave you a sense of you know there's no way he could steal my money he's like at he's out in the public you know yep but yeah. And that's I, a, you know, I had too. said, um, <laughs> I, I had said on my, I had written, um, a little while ago that I think a lot of people would call Josh a friend. I, I really do, mm -hmm. but I don't think anybody knew exactly who he was and how long this has gone on. Now, mm -hmm. as we, as we fast forward up to almost present day, we'll say, you know, the last three weeks, um, you created this Facebook group, and I believe what this had done, and I thought about this um, last week, because I always felt like there was one missing piece to to this whole thing, and that was, how did he get away with this for so long? How was he able mm -hmm. to do this for so long? Because, you know, right, you said that social media is a form of communication, and it absolutely is. Well, if if somebody's so upset enough that they're going to post on his page, he has the ability to delete that right away. And as mm -hmm. much as he was on social media, sure, it, it's very likely that he would see that immediately, delete it, probably mm -hmm. block the person from being able to post again. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but but what's happening is there's not one central location. There's this, you know, it, it's like a, a many to one relationship. And nobody really knows what anybody else is doing. But now we have a one-to-many relationship where there's this one central location where people are able to share their stories and get the message out. And I believe that this is the beginning of the end of, of what we're seeing right now with Josh deleting, in, you know, assuming that he's deleted his Instagram, his Facebook, Etsy, you know, all different forms of communication. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of, it's, it, it was interesting to watch because 
we would post in the group or someone would post on their personal page, like his Instagram is still up and not even what, like a half an hour later it was down. So (laughs) he was definitely, um, seeing what we were, what people were saying. So take us now, Sophia, uh, to current day, what what have you done? You filed your legal paperwork, your small claims paperwork, and what's that process look like for you right now? Yeah, so um, it was a little complicated because I signed the contract in Wisconsin, and at the time he was living in Idaho. I, I think Utah, Utah right? Yeah. Utah, sorry, mm-hmm. Utah. Yeah. And then I moved to New Mexico, and he moved to Montana. So I had to call, (laughs) I had to call my county, Wisconsin's county, Utah, and Montana to figure out where I needed to file. And they all, we all decided, all the states decided it was Montana because that's where he's doing business. And that when he texted me saying, yes, your saddle will be done May 2020, it sort of re-ups the contract. And so it shifts it to Montana, I guess, is what I understood. So uh, I called the Flathead County Justice Court, and they mailed me a uh, small claims paperwork. And then um, it's a really easy form to fill out, um, because I filled it out wrong the first time. But the second time (laughs) I realized that it is easy, and I just messed up. (laughs) And uh, so you put, you know, how much the saddle was. And then what's really nice is that, you know, you have to, you have to pay for it to be mailed back. You have to pay to travel up there because in small claims court, you have to show up in person and you have to pay your filing fee and you have to pay for it to be served. And you can add all of those things to your claim, um, which I did, including my travel expense. So not only Am I suing for the price of what I paid for the saddle and paying for that mail, that service fee, the, um, the filing fee, and uh, now my $500 plane ticket? Sure. So, um, so I decided that I wanted the police to serve him, and, and they made contact with him on Monday, and then I got my court case, and... I'll be going up there and, and I know I'll win, but whether he shows up or not, uh, we'll see. And if he doesn't show up, that just automatically gives you a default judgment. Yep. And then I have to file something else to, um, put a lien on his car or garnish his wages or. Yep. yep. Because you then you I'm, would, I'm, you would go yeah. after the, the amount that you're owed. And there are a number of different remedies, um, you know, from, garnishing wages to filing liens and things like that. Yeah. Yep. So when are you, when is your court date? If you don't mind me asking. Um, it's July or no, June 16th at 9am. So I'm, I'm flying out the day before and I'm leaving the day after. And are you able to, because you're going to be leaving work, obviously, are you able to add in lost time from work at all? Um, I did add that to the claim. I guess that would be like, I guess that would be up to the judge. Uh Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? 
So, I don't have that much experience in court. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that, gladly. I'm irritated that I even have to go. <laughs> well, I think it's important here because um, we're in that Facebook group. I think there's nearly 400 members now. And, and I think this is an important step for others to... Um, to follow your lead, if you will, that if yeah, they I need to so. get small claims paperwork, hey, here's how you do that. And mm-hmm. w- would you would you mind just telling the listeners, um, you said that you filled the paperwork out wrong first time. What was it that, that you filled out wrong? Yeah, so at the top of the... Uh, and I'd filled out small claims before in my other... in when he was in U- uh, Utah... But like I said, I couldn't go. So each state has a different form. Um, Utah's small claims form was rocket science. And this one was much easier. And the only thing I did wrong is um, at the top, you put the plaintiff and the defendant. And the header is confusing because there's no um, like X marks the spot for the name. It's just sort of free floating. So um, I believe you're going to put your name above uh, the X, it's sort of just floating there. And then underneath you would put Josh DBA, which means doing business as seven Oh saddle shop. That's the only thing I, I sort of screwed up. And then you do, and I don't know how, um, if people are filling this out and coronavirus is still, um, sort of impeding on going into your bank, but you do, if you are out of state, you need to make an appointment and get it notarized and sign it in front of the notary and then send it in. Sure. That's a, yeah. that's a great and, point. Yep. And that's a free service. Okay. Okay. And was the, was a Flathead County small claims, was, when they sent that packet out, what, did they do that? Did they send that for free down to you? Yeah, they did. Twice. <laughs> you you also mentioned something that was curious to me. It sounded like you had a choice in the matter. You said um, I had I, I had the Flathead County Sheriff serve him. Was that a choice? Yeah. So they, when you get your paperwork for small claims, they send you a big list of people that will serve them. Um, oh, okay. You know, different different companies, private names, and the sheriff's department was one of them. And I thought it would be cool if a man in uniform or a woman in uniform gave it to him. <laughs> that was truly the only reason. Well, but it worked, but it worked out because the deputy sheriff uh, that's helping us, Travis, who's a great guy was the one that served him. So it's sort of, I think he was able to put a name to all the paperwork he's doing. I think there's some, or a face. yeah, yeah, there, there is some, um, I, I don't know, justification for the victims uh, who have fell into this trap in the, you know, for you, you did make that choice. You know, I want, I want to make as big of impact as I can, because you know what, you're, you're talking about the everyday person that goes out there and busts their butt, the small business owner, you know, you give them your money and then, and then nothing. And so, you know what, I'm going to use everything available to me to let you know that, well, damn it, I'm not happy about this. Yeah, yeah so, definitely. So heading up to, do you have any apprehension at all heading up there, um, going to court, and, and maybe if he shows up, seeing him or anything like that? 
No. And, you know, I don't, I think, you know, growing up the first time I was going to do this, I guess it was like a year and a half ago, but I was, you know, younger, but now I think, and I felt alone then, right. I was the only one, I thought I was the only one, this guy was sort of screwing over. And I think this community, I hate using the word community because who wants to become a community in this way? But I think this <laughs> Facebook group, um, you know, I met some, I've made some really great friends and I feel really supported. And I know there's a few guys and gals that are going to come and sit in the courtroom with me. And um, I have a place to stay when I go up there. I don't have to get a hotel room. So I, I'm not nervous at all because I think I'm just really upset about how many people he's done it to. Absolutely. We just, just before we, just before we got on the phone for this interview with you, um, there's, oh, I, I don't know how many, but there's a small group that's been working very, very diligently behind the scenes, uh, whether that's with law enforcement or, you know, helping people uh, within this Facebook group to guide them on the right path for finding some type of remedy. And one of these people is, is from out of the country, um, over in Italy, and and we we saw these messages that this person sent between him and him and Josh, and it's so alarming the way that that Josh has treated this person. Um, I, yeah, I, that that's a, just all I can say is I, it, the, I just those feel messages sad. were shocking. Yeah, I, yeah, it was especially for a guy. I I I I just said in our group. I said I'm gonna learn. Italian by the end of the night. And I told this gentleman, I said, I can get your information and I'll send it to Travis, but I don't know. Um, I don't know what to do because you're in Italy and I don't know the small claims process over there versus over here. And that's way out of anything I know. And, and I, he said that he doesn't speak English like barely. So I don't, it's going to be a, that will be interesting communication for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, one other thing that you said that I picked up on, and I think this is really important, it goes back to what we were talking about, is everybody was kind of out in the outliers, if you will, and and maybe one person four years ago got screwed over, you know, and, and didn't go after their money because it was, you know, 600 bucks or, or whatever. Um and there wasn't really much that you could do, but now, again, we're in this one-to-many relationship where here's a central location, and because of that, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong here, Sophia, but it's given you more confidence to you know, yeah, have, have the feeling of, to use your words, to have the feeling of this community behind you that you know what, no matter what, we'll help you out through this. And if you need a place to stay, if you need, you know, whatever, there's so many people willing to um, help you out and give you that extra push. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. It's been, it's been a, a weird couple of weeks for sure. Not, not how I thought I'd spend my self-isolation. <laughs> At least you have something to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think that there's a lot that can be learned with anybody starting a business or running a small business here. And, and, um, you know, I, uh, 
I think what happens is, you know, Josh really doesn't have anybody fighting for him, if you will. You know, sure. uh, yeah. his wife is angry and she responds in a very angry way. And, and, um, and that's not, you know, as far as talking about communities in a business where, you know, I have so many clients and, and I'm literally running off of a referral base and I have a community that, you know, I have a dog training community. I have a dog owner community that fights for me and like, no, you need to use Joe and that's why you have this problem or, you know, and so I think it's important for business people out there to, you know, and I'm not saying that Josh should have a community cause I don't, you can't do wrong and have a community, but when you do right, the community comes together, the group of people come together and then to boot he's messing with the wrong community of cowboys and cowgirls that fight right. for each other, no matter who you are and how we're friends or and how we're connected. Everybody is fighting for that same thing. And when you have that community, you, you can move and you can move in motion and you can really make a difference. And, and I think that we should all be proud to be a part of a community that fights so hard for the the right and the goodness of people, because I don't believe that that's out there much anymore. Definitely. I think, especially, you know, well, with horses, I mean, especially now moving more to the West or Southwest, you know, more cowboy country, you're, you're exactly right. There's, there's family wherever you go. There's, you know, good horsemanship brings people together. Right. And, and it's, it's a non-judgmental community. And I think it's important for any business to, as you're building your business, to really think about the community that you want to build and the goodness that you can, you can bring to your business by having that community and that support so that when, you know, stuff like this happens, you have the support system and you have this, you know, the legs to move, to make this happen because, you know, it's been going on for a long time with Josh and there just hasn't been the legs to make things move until this community finally, you know, one person and then another person. And then, you know, I mean, it, it was, it was strange when, you know, I fought, fought in person to get Cheyenne saddle. I did not give up and that's our daughter. And, and, um, but then all of a sudden she started getting weird messages of people like, Hey, how long have you been waiting for your saddle? Why did you get your saddle? You know? And there was like, uh, I don't really feel good about, you know, that my daughter is getting these questions and, you know, then, you know, the flags start coming up and then, you know, our really good friend, Michael Dow, you know, approaches me and goes, Hey, I just want to let you know, this is what's going on. And, and then things started getting legs and then, you know, the, it just really started happening. But if you don't have the community, and I think, you know, to, you know, to find some goodness in the coronavirus quarantine lockdown, we don't have anything else but to reach out to people through social media. And I think it was a real big help to get, you know, because people were communicating Yes, because that's all we had. You know, we couldn't talk in person. We didn't, you know, we had literally to get on and communicate with people out there in the world. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There are, you know, there's 
there are lessons to be learned here, like we said in the beginning, especially if you're starting out um, and learning how absolutely important and critical it is that as a small business owner, you communicate with your clients, whether that's good communication or bad communication, you need to, you need to communicate bottom line. Sophia, as we wrap this up, I want to ask you just to take us out with one question. And the question that I have for you is this, from this, from this big mess that we've, that we found ourselves in, that many people have found themselves in with Josh and 7-0, Tell us what. Tell us if it changes any way that you communicate with your clientele. Definitely, um, I find myself responding faster <laughs> and calling instead yeah. of texting. Yeah. Um, and that's just you know in the last two weeks, um, especially with coronavirus, my business dropped by like 60% probably. And so I just started calling people and, and not even asking if they wanted lessons, just checking in and seeing how they're doing. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think that people appreciate that. Are you, how's your family? Are you guys healthy? You know, how's it going? Um, I think that's really important too. Um, and I have probably gotten maybe five lessons a week back because of just reaching out and then remembering that the horses are still here and they can come <laughs> ride. We can keep six feet apart. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I think I will be calling a lot more and I think I'll be responding faster. And yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been a big learning process for sure. I'm learning how to file court papers. <laughs> I'm learning uh, how to, and how to better communicate. You know, it doesn't feel good when you're being left in the dust. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Sophia, before we end here, please tell the audience how they can find you on Facebook, Instagram, and any other social media platforms. Oh, sure. Um, well, on Facebook, you can find me at Sophia Hookstra, um, or Instagram is Sophookstra, so it's S-O-P-H dot H-O-E-K-S-T-R-A, and I think that's the only two things I have. I don't have Twitter. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that, and uh, friends and listeners, if you have a question about any of our podcasts at any time... You can go to anchor.fm forward slash SB Roundup and leave us a voice message. We will be more than happy to address that on air. For now, I'm Chris. I'm your host. And that's Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Sophia, thank you for joining us today. We look forward to the next episode.